days off. I worked 16 hours yesterday. Um, so we are live, and I'm going to get our intro started. Ah, I feel out of breath. Well, it's better than being out of breath. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, that, that, that happened many, many decades ago. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> now you've got me so f- famblozled, I can't know where I'm going. <laughs> it's okay, it's our show. Thank you, honey. Don't blame us. <laughs> Aim that way. And Dr. Kevin, with that swanky, sweet suede shoulder thing he's got on <laughs> over there, that's like, whoa, that's even a little hot for me. <laughs> In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your hosts, Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin. Hello, hello, hello. I am Usain Bolt. Uh, oh, really? That's you definitely are. I love that. And I am the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Muhammad, you've been here a few times. I think we need to get you a new gig. <laughs> you know what? We just keep going until we go because he had a lot of uh, little anecdotes, which one of my favorite was always how he was so fast that he would turn off the light and be in bed before it was dark. That's like one of my favorites. Okay. So, okay. So, uh, who are you again? Usain Bolt. The fastest man alive. The fastest man alive. I'm sure none of the women have been impressed. (laughs) Uh, Probably not, but his peow is truly peow. (laughs) Then I'm the uh, roadrunner, so I'll leave it <laughs> in the dust. Right, because it's all about speed today and, you know, Elmer running at 100 miles an hour. So we've got all the quick ones up here. St- people who stand up and are quick. Wow, this is going down. I'm doing <laughs> low today. So, Mr. Elmer, tell us about yes. all of the excitement going on in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I saw somewhere posted that... Uh, you got to play an extra in the movie that you're. you're well, uh, I don't know if it was. Before. I don't know if it was so much get to as in ordered to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we they, they they scheduled this fair on on the worst day possible, um, so people couldn't actually come and be in it, and so they're like everyone in the PO, which stands for production office, has to go down, and and I asked my boss, she's the line producer. I said, are you going? She's like, no, no, I got too much work to do. I'm like, yeah, I know the feeling. And I get down there and they're setting up and I see my boss, Tammy. And I'm like, uh, I thought you said you weren't coming. She's like, yeah, I had no choice. <laughs> so they, yeah. were des- <laughs> they were desperate for people. Um, but well, yeah. I so. figured that much because they asked you. But <laughs> right. <I'm thinking>. <laughs> <laughs> so, this but. Um, going it's, bad. Um, it's been quite the experience. I know last, last time we did the show, it was actually on set. We were actually working. I got interrupted a couple of times. Uh, because we were, uh, you know, during our work day. Um, but it's, you know, uh, I have an assistant. A woman walked up and said, I'm looking to volunteer. Uh, I just graduated film school. I'm going for accounting. And, you know, is your accountant around? Do they need help? And I was standing, happy to be standing there. And I was like, yes, yes, we need help. So um, it's been, she's been a godsend. It's been really great to have her get me caught up and keep me straight and, get, you know, double checking my numbers and, and whatnot and uh, helping us find more problems with payroll. It's a nightmare that I don't have time to go into. It'll take the whole hour to talk about this nightmare. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys personally at some point about this payroll nightmare we're having. Um, but yeah, it's been going, been going pretty good. I have today off. Yesterday I had a 16 hour day. Uh, my body thinks it doesn't need any sleep because even though I got home at 1.30 a.m., I was in bed by 2.30, it was up by 6.30. So, no, sorry, up by 8.30. And so I couldn't go back to sleep. Um, and then I was spending the day with some friends because uh, I have very few days off. So um, I'm, as I'm out of breath running in, trying to get the show started because Nicholas, he's 12 years old, didn't want me to leave. We were playing a board game uh, with the family. And so I ran in, literally was throwing up my computer, trying to get everything on. And luckily nobody left before I got the show started. <laughs> so yeah, but um, it's been a good learning experience. You know, I'm glad I've been out of New England. It's been really cold there and snowy. So that's been also a little plus. 
It wow. was 35 today. It was practically <laughs> balmy. <laughs> I put on my bathing suit and went outside to catch some rays. And how many rays did you catch? <laughs> and what does Hubby think about rays being caught? He was busy all day. What he doesn't know won't hurt him. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, nope, so, I put on my bathing suit and I went outside and I climbed right in the, the hot, hot tub. tub. The, air. the hot I'm tub. I'm sure. Ms. Rain, how be you? Tell us what new and exciting things in the ever crackling life of Rain Thomas. Wow, you know, people always assume that there's new and exciting things. Um, I had to tell you, I auditioned for something. They, they, I don't even understand their angle. I think it's, you know, when people don't know what they want, but they found what they want, but they still think there's something else they need for whatever the role is, for the pitch or whatever. And I can't say the company or any stuff, but... I've had my seventh audition with them and this, I made it clear to them. I said, look, figure this thing out or don't, but this is my last audition period. That's, I understand. That's crazy. You know, right. You're protecting your brand and you want to make sure you've been looking for a person for a year and anybody who could be even remotely interested, we get sick of this at some point, you know, cause it, it you got to figure it out. I understand the brand is your baby and you want to make sure whomever's representing it is exactly what you're looking for, but everybody's not going to stick around for years. So I've had that going on and on and on. And like I said, I put the kibosh on that. I was like, this is it. And I've been offered some summer roles, which um, I think I'm taking one. I can't really take the others for other reasons that have to do with other things that I can't talk about. And uh yeah, and then one of my friends who's super awesome, she lives in California, she informed me that Dionne Warwick is going to be doing a residency here, and I should just go there and get to know her. And I said, and exactly how do you think I'm going to do that? She's like, well, if anybody can figure it out, it would be you. So I'm not even sure what to do with it. <laughs> I feel like, well, maybe I should just stroll. I mean, I I don't know what to you do. Ask her directions. Maybe she knows the way by now. <laughs> That dad, yeah, I know. I but she was in San Jose when she knew the way. That's and then the other thing is, did you see the uh, Excel spreadsheet that Elmer gave me to put people's names on it? The font is like minus seven. It doesn't look that way to me. It looks. Yeah, I, I can't get... do anything in there. Oh my god! It's like I'm... micro. I will. I will increase it to to you know eighty year old eyes right now. Mm-hmm. This isn't even about seeing it. It won't let me put the information in it. When you go to put someone's email, it's so tiny. It's the same size. No, it's not. I sent you a screenshot. What it but it says like Arial. I know, but 2022 is Arial 12. 2021 is Arial 12. It's the same size as the last years that we had up there. Mm -mm, or the year before. I think, you know... With all your track record with technology and stuff, I don't think it might not be you, but I think it might be your technology. I doubt it because I updated it and I had other people send me Excel spreadsheets for 2022, and yours was the only one that came in at the size of Pepper. But it's the same. It's the same Excel sheet. I just added a tab. Like it's not even a different Excel. Yeah, sheet. I know it was the cells from the one the year before too, which was consistent with last year's. I don't know what what's going on, but you can't. I mean, it's tiny. Oh, Welcome that... to Laughing, Loving, and Alive's back office. <laughs> yes, back office. And we mean that literally and figuratively. Yes, yes. <laughs> this sounds like it would be a great conversation to have off air. Well, people need point. to know that they're coming on and we care. Right, Elmer? <laughs> right. Yes, um. Yes, um, yes, um. So what's, what's tonight's topic, Dr. Kevin? How's your life? What have you got going on besides hot tubs and, and G-strings in the hot tubs? <laughs> Why would I put that much on? <laughs> oh, well, that's just deductive <laughs> reasoning, I guess. <laughs> I overshot my mark. Yep, yep. No, I deduct it all only when, uh, only when it's nighttime. Because I can't Another be seen during the day. Another one of those conversations. Day. 
<laughs> I, I have to I have to wear something during the day because my neighbors could see me. But at night, it's all natural. Okay, Johnny Vader is probably like, what in the world? He should be used to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm just treading along. Actually, as you were telling that story, all I could think of was uh, when they didn't have enough extras for Elmer was the time that Elmer and I went to San Francisco to because this guy wanted me to come in and work with him. And he was writing a pilot for a TV show that he was trying to sell. And Elmer and I show up and the guy is, God love him. He's so lost. And he has people coming in to audition for these roles for this pilot. And he has no script written yet. And he's like, well, I'm just going to kind of give him the character and tell him to like ad lib it and see how they are. And he's trying to set up so that he can film them to see what they look on film. So Elmer goes and helps, helps them, helps to get everything set up because he's completely clueless. We, we went to San Francisco to do this because that's where it was, was all supposed to happen. And I sat there in the bleachers and wrote like what, maybe, I don't know, 20% of the first, I said, talk to me, tell me. And I sat down there and I read. So when people came in, they actually had, oh my had a script to read from. Remember that, Elmer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. That's ridiculous. Yep, I'm sitting there on my iPad, writing the script for the show. Ah. Writing the script. For the... Yep. Well, you know, it was a, it was an interesting time. Right now, I just got you know yada yada going on, so I think it's a good time to say, "Here's Johnny." But I almost forgot to tell you, my phone rings. I have people who are calling us saying that. Certain different people told them we they need to be on the show, and we're talking about people who are like in charge of all sorts of stuff. So our books are full till June, believe it or not. Our cup I, doth our cup doth run us over. That's where I wore this sweater, so you could. And see me too. My cups run us <laughs> over, and you know I have to tell you this story before we let Johnny actually say anything. So <laughs> I know, brought we, you too early, Johnny. <laughs> hang out, just. <laughs> No, okay, that, that's that's Kevin's mo. Just be a cool dude. <laughs> well, we do the loose mood up in the corner. Go ahead. What else do you have to tell us, Rain? I have to tell you this is about Johnny, actually. So I know we have some heavy duty stuff coming up that we want to talk about in the next couple of shows. And I thought I saw Johnny on some bit, and I laughed, and I said, "Oh yeah, let's bring him back to." kick off, be our first official guest of 2022, kick it off with humor. People liked him. We got some, you know, some good feedback. And so I texted him like weeks ago and I <laughs> said, have I come on the show? You know, again, da, da, da. and usually I hear from him within 24 hours. Silence, nothing. I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm like, first, I hope he's okay. Because you know, everybody's been sick and all over the place. But then I saw him do something on Instagram. I said, there's nothing wrong with him. He's ignoring my <laughs> invitation. So I texted him something to the effect. So does that mean no, senor? And he writes back instantly. And he's like, oh, I didn't even see. It. So I thought maybe he was like, oh, uh, this stuff, and now he doesn't, you know, I went all Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in the words of Dr. Kevin, here's Johnny. <laughs> You oh, you, all... you sent me into a panic attack when that happened. I was like, because I saw your one where you're like, oh, I guess that means no. And I was like, wait, what? And I look at the one above and I, and I, and I you know, you can swipe to the left to see when it was sent. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I never <laughs> responded to this. Holy. So I, uh, I, I made it right. I made it right. I responded right away. We, we're glad to have you. Oh, I'm glad. I, yeah, I'm flattered to be here. I'm glad you guys are having me back. Thanks. Mr. Johnny, you've gone Hollywood. I that have, Dr. Like, Kevin. That, that does not look like gold lame to me. You I, can't go Hollywood without some gold lame. Well, Sorry. I'm not in Hollywood anymore. Actually, the yeah, the first time I was on, I was not in Hollywood. I'm still in uh, Madison. I'm a I'm a I'm a Midwest guy. I don't do. Uh, I was in L.A. for four years, and it was great. 
But now I'm back in the Midwest where I belong. And what makes you belong in the Midwest? Is it your ability to tip cows? <laughs> Is it your ability? I'm just wondering. Yes, that's the that's the prerequisite. You have to be able to shove a cow over at night, tip it over. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just I like I like walking around. I like driving around and knowing that every single person I see is not also trying to be, you know, what I, a comedian or an actor or a writer or whatever I'm trying to, you know, it's nice to, I, I feel more special. That's what it is. I feel more special. And people are like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a comedian. Oh my gosh. Not everyone <laughs> here is that. That's interesting. Makes me feel Hello. good. Okay, I get it. Then they, they say, tell me a joke and are you funny, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so really? What, I, I, what would I have seen you in? I don't know. Why, how would I know that? <laughs> you know, I don't know what you would have seen me in. I don't know what you would have seen. Oh, I get it. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that. But there are people who do know you because after we had our show with you before, people we're like, oh, I love that guy. When is he coming to California or when is he coming? I'm thinking instead of asking me, how about <laughs> go on his site and ask him, which is what I said, because I have no idea. I'm not the booking agent. Right. And and I'm sorry if I'm a little thrown. It's just this sexy Elmer spread up top that I can't just cut unsee right <laughs> now. <laughs> yes, ooh, it's very distracting. Boudoir, he's got going on. I know. Elmer, are, are you being little... painted while we're recording? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You should see his toenails. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so yes, Tony, we think you're great. So, oh, thank you. I think you, <laughs> I think you guys are great. So catch us up on what twisted and uh, you know traumatic turns has the life of Johnny taken the jewel last year. Well, you know what's funny is uh, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Elmer's toenails. Now this is leading somewhere. <laughs> I I recently my the toenail. <laughs> this is so gross. My two big toes <laughs> don't have toenails on them anymore because I've really really gotten into running and my feet have gotten destroyed from rain running so much. Uh, so that is what that's what's new in the life of Johnny Beaner. I'm doing comedy. It's going great. I got really into running. I ran my first marathon in November. I've never, I, before, like I started, I've been running probably since we moved to Madison. And before that, the most I'd ever run was probably six miles. And that was like unimaginable. And then I, uh, so pretty, I'm, I'm pretty uh, pleased with my progress. That I was able to run a marathon. And I thought, you know, okay, I'll run this Madison marathon, get it out of my system. It'll be my bucket list. And I already, less than a week after the marathon, I already signed up for the Chicago Marathon for this year. Whoa. So I'm going to do the Chicago Marathon Attic. in October. I know. That's what my that's what my podcast partner said. He's like, it's a it's an addiction. And I was like, ah, no. But it yeah. is. I, I've been running in like one degree weather or zero degree weather. Like, I need to surrender to the fact that, yes, you are correct. It is an addiction. This is not normal. I should not be running five miles and have icicles off of my beard when I'm done and being and well, doing it. You know, it, it, we everyone does their midlife crisis in a different way, John. Right. So, you know, you're welcome to do your midlife crisis. I, I have been known to run five, six miles. It was a long time ago. Once I paid my bills and I wasn't chased, I, I just <laughs> running that way. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're running as your as your midlife crisis. Elmer is fantasizing he's a Rubens model as a. <laughs> he's Rose in Titanic. Can <laughs> <laughs> that ship go down any faster? <laughs> and my midlife crisis, I don't know what that is yet, but. Um... Ten years ago, I started running, not because I thought I was, should be running. So I'm a Bronx girl. I would rather fight and try to kill you and then, like, hobble away screaming help. But um, so you're more of a fight like than it. flight. 
Oh, I'm definitely a fight. Yeah, I would fight you to the death before I ran. <laughs> but um, I have a friend who's 15 years younger, and she's like, oh, we should do something fun. I'm like, what's fun with running? She's like, let's do a half marathon. It's like, that doesn't sound like fun at all. And I had nothing else to do. I mean, I was I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis with the cancer pill that they gave me because it was because I'm a survivor. I don't know if you know that, but um, mm-hmm. this pill I took put me in rheumatoid arthritis. So I had Achilles wooden. I mean, it was pain. It was all sorts of stuff. So I just kept moving, you know, body in motion stays in motion. And so um, we did the half marathon in Temecula and it was all uphill, which I didn't care. I mean, I'm kind of short, so it was easy. Um, but I'm not addicted. So you did the I half mean, marathon? She, yeah, I did the half marathon. My, I understand the toenail you. thing. Yeah, I understand the toenails uh, leaving your foot. You know, they were like in my sock. I had to like mourn them yeah. before that whole thing happened. But um, I'm not addicted. I still go out and run. I don't care what the temperature is unless it's hot because I don't like it over 75 degrees. But um, yeah. I run just to have my own personal mental space. Yeah, but it's I, a great time yeah. to just be on your own and have yeah meditate. You know, right. be in your own head. It's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I thinking how I'm becoming an amputated foot, toe, girl, nail, or whatever is going on. So right. Yeah. Kudos to you for that marathon. Well, thank never, you. Thank you. Never done a marathon. I think I. I mean, I. I remember doing a 27 mile walk for charity, but I never did a marathon. But I've had times when I've done running, um, and this is not one of these times. Probably about a year ago, I got back into running for a little bit. Um, but it's really interesting. I get drawn to running when I'm in really beautiful places. I spent uh, I spent several weeks over in Mallorca, um, uh, on the Mediterranean, and there was this place that I was staying and I would get up every morning. I mean, I stayed at a friend's at a, at a friend's place and I get up every morning and I do like and it wasn't it wasn't an Olympic sized pool, but I do like 100 laps and then I would run five miles and it was all in this beautiful, beautiful like vineyard hills. Like, oh, wow. you know, all the houses and stuff were like five, six, seven hundred years old. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I find that I get if I find a place that I love to be out in nature. Yeah, it 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 calls mm-hmm. to me. And if I'm oh, yeah. living someplace where I don't, I'm like eh, running on the pavement by the cigarette butts <laughs> and the empty Diet Coke bottles. No, yeah, I totally it doesn't do that. it for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get it. Like I, I've kind of exhausted all my runs here. They're all, I've done them all so many times around my house, you know, around this area. So when I go visit places or I'm on the road, I love running because that just miles go by so much faster because you're looking around mm-hmm. and it's scenery you haven't seen and it's, it just goes mm-hmm. by a lot quicker. It's nice. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So besides the fact that you are now a, uh, a tall nailless freak, Right. Um, yes. Tell us, <laughs> tell us where where else your where else have you been flying your freak flag and who, what's been going on? I, uh, you know, I've been well. Let's see, I did. Uh, I've been fortunate to do some close gigs. I did uh, the Milwaukee Laughing Tap two weeks mm-hmm. ago, and then this last weekend I did uh, the comedy comedy on state, the Madison Comedy Club right here where I got my foot shirt. And uh, both both great clubs. I've been going. the The Laughing Taps new, and they're doing great. Great owners. Um, and Madison. I mean, that's like I consider my home club because I've been doing it since I started comedy when I started in Milwaukee. And it's just, it's. I mean, it is. It is one of the best clubs in the country, and uh, it was just so fun to be back there and do that. And I just have. I have a bunch of. Uh, you know, I've done. I've been doing corporate stuff, private stuff through. Uh, you know, whatever the different websites where they independently book you and just trying to stay busy as busy as I can, you know, taking care of my kids and doing comedy. How has the, or has the pandemic changed anything about your comedy? I know it has definitely changed the venue, you know, like how to get your comedy out changed, but did the pandemic itself actually do anything to shift did you create comedy around it 
Yeah, I mean, I have, I have my, you know, you kind of most shows you have to address the elephant in the room and just talk about, oh, you know, because everyone's sitting there in masks, or if you're on Zoom, you know, I mean, I really hit the like, I, I when in the middle of the whole pandemic, I mean, I was doing Zoom shows, just multiple ones a week, just to stay busy and stay fresh and stay on it. So I did a lot of those, and of course, you know, I, of course, it's like every comic wrote you know, a lot of material about the pandemic, which, uh, you know, you try not to drill home because a lot of the, if you go overboard, then people are like, uh, Hey, we're here to try to escape this whole thing. We don't need, we've been thinking about it all the time. This is kind of our escape, but you, you know, I, so I'll address it, but yeah, I'm trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of to do my, you know, new material about my family and act and some of it we've discusses COVID but uh, I kind of feel like we're on we're on our way, or at least I am kind of on my way back to to a you know to a normal act where it's not it's nice not doing uh, Zoom stand up shows. Yeah. I mean those are great but, for what they are, but it's just so refreshing to be in front of a live audience. Well, the nice thing about Zoom stand up shows is you can put a laugh track in and if you do it right, everybody thinks everybody else is clapping. So then they feel like they should clap. So, you know, <laughs> you really got to time that right. Cause if you start clapping in the middle of your setup, people are like, wait, that's a little fishy. It starts skipping. Uh, <laughs> you have to have the, um, you have to have the button uh, that, so as soon as you like are coming to the end of the joke and you hit the punchline, you hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the time you think. Yeah, you just need to clapping, tech people. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll lend you we'll 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 lend you uh Lady Rubens there to be your tech person next time you do a comedy show. Oh, good, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'll graciously accept. Uh, <laughs> it's all about timing. So it's so funny because you struck upon something and I wanted to talk. I, I'm thinking back to an interview that I actually saw um, uh, with, oh my God, what's the actress's name? Now my brain is going to fry out. She, um, Elmer will know. She's the one that plays um, Wanda in the Marvels, the Scarlet Witch. Um, no, I can picture her. One of the Olsen girls. Yes. Yes. Elizabeth yes. Olsen. That's it. Elizabeth yeah. Olsen. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was I was watching an interview, and and I don't know if you ever saw WandaVision when it was on. I did. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did too. Well, they did the original in the '50s style, just as they did it with a live audience. Oh, okay. Yeah, the behind the scenes on One Division was 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 really worth watching if you haven't watched it. Oh, is that whole... oh is that on Disney? Is that available on yeah. Disney Plus? The yep. behind the scenes. Oh, that's cool. I have to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so they actually brought in a studio audience like they had in the fifties when they would tape the show uh, to oh, wow. give it that realistic effect. And she was talking about the feeding that feeding energy which so many people in hollywood have lost because you're standing in front of a green screen and the only people that are looking at you are holding booms and mm -hmm. you know and cameras and are half mass now for some indefinite period of time yeah and in and how refreshing it was how did you get your energy up to look at a screen and and be able to to be your normal vampire self feeding off the energy of the audience to be funny. I mean, you know, some, definitely some shows were more successful than others. I didn't, I didn't have any like tricks or gimmicks. There's a lot of shows that would start with just me begging for them to, to unmute because, you know, if you got a room, you've got a zoom room with, I don't know, 25 people, you know, and they're on their, corporate happy hour or whatever and they brought you in and everyone's at home and they have you muted i mean there's a, there's nothing you can do i mean it's it's almost i would say pointless but it's it's just you're really setting yourself up for, for failure if you just plow through 
without the audience there because mm-hmm. i mean that would be like it would be like watching an episode of you know friends or or, or whatever with no with no laugh track at all it just it's weird it's like you're watching a comedian rehearse <laughs> timing's all off you do a joke and you're like oh they're probably all done laughing at home right now <laughs> you know i have no idea because i can't hear so I, a lot of it would be begging but just a lot and a lot of it is like there's tricks you know when you're at a comedy club you can talk to the crowd but you can only mm-hmm. see so much you can see the front row or whatever when you're on a zoom show yeah. you know you can call people out and be like oh hey i like that uh, you know what's what's the deal with the mannequin right behind your head you know you can call out people you got their name you can see into their home and then they're kind of you know that'll and to respond to you so that's kind of a way to start some you know, get a little energy in the room. Start yeah, some shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that. Get people talking by starting shit. Yeah. Johnny, I have a question for you. So, um, obviously, I have friends that are comedians, and you know, over the years, I've watched them do their thing. But um, when you said it's like watching a comedian rehearse, how do you rehearse if you are the only one in the room? Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd say rehearse. Like, I mean, I, like how I write, that's kind of how I write is I'll just walk, I'll go for walks and I'll just, you know, talk to myself and put myself mentally on stage as if I'm in front of a crowd and just see what comes to me. There's you know, a lot of comedians like Louis C.K. or whatever, they'll say they, they write on stage. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I'll, you know, I'll improv things on stage, but I don't take an idea and be like, Oh, I'm going to talk about foosball tables and just see what comes out. Cause I don't, I don't have the cojones for that. And so if nothing <laughs> comes out, then there I am just, you know, standing there like an idiot. So, I mean, I need some pipes. What's line. being hitting around on that foosball table is his cones. <laughs> <laughs> well, one time I was, I was, I was, uh, this is when I was emceeing and I was starting out, I was at a club in Germantown, Wisconsin. And I was walking around the parking lot of the comedy club, just going over my act rehearsing. And I, uh, a cop car came up to me and stopped and asked me what was going on. And I told him, oh, I'm, I'm about to the comedy club right there. I'm, you know, I'm hosting and we have a show. And he was like, oh, I guess they, he, he had gotten multiple calls from businesses in the strip mall, like it's an outdoor strip mall, that some guy is just walking around talking to himself in their parking lot <laughs> multiple companies called the police and they sent someone out because i was just walking around rehearsing my act and i just must have looked like a lunatic yeah i was wondering that i was gonna be i thought you know i go down the street and i see johnny and he's just oh blah 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 blah, blah, uh, blah. i'm going okay yeah okay well now that we're in the age of earbuds that mm-hmm. that alleviates that problem. You just put those in and you can act like a lunatic all you want. People are like, oh, he's listening to music or he's on the phone or whatever. But not not at that time. Yeah, but see, that's what you get for being that Midwestern boy. You could have been mm-hmm. doing that in New York City and no one ever would have called you. That's true. <laughs> that's at all. True. No, yeah. They would have been like, oh, yeah, just another, oh, yeah. yeah. Another crazy New Yorker. Another crazy yeah. guy just talking to himself. Sure, sure. Are, are you also the audience as well as the MC or the comedian? Am I? The audience. Like when I perform, when I'm rehearsing, I look uh-huh. in the mirror, I sing the song, and I obviously see myself on stage performing. But I also see myself sitting in the audience. How How is that being received by the person in the audience? Do, do they hear it the way... I am singing it or, you know, I'm, I'm playing everybody in my own show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, my style, when I do it, I'm just, I'm putting my mind in the same mindset as when I'm in an actual show, I'm not looking at myself. I'm just kind of seeing what synapses jump when I'm doing my act and see which, you know, if I get a new tag or I think of a new idea and I can go off on that, but I'm not, I don't, uh, the only time I'll watch myself is when I review tapes. Like if I'm doing a new, new bit, you know, I don't watch every show. I try to tape the audio of every show, but as far as watching my show, that, that can be torture. Cause I mean, I'm already yeah. saying my act all the time. Right. I don't need to, I don't need to watch it unless I'm 
I, but I have been, I'm excited because these last two weekends, I, I've been doing a lot of writing and a lot of new stuff. So it has been exciting to watch, you know, to, just to watch previous or at least parts of the show that are the new parts. That's fun. Yeah. I hear you. For me, it's not like going over and over, though sometimes because I teach classes and we've recorded them and we sell them and you have to look at them in the editing and, you uh-huh. know, and I've, I've done enough stuff. But but I just went through the painful process of having to do the last edit on a book that came out at the beginning of the month. And oh. it was a and it's a science fiction book. And I had to read it through like six times to be able to sign off of it. And so I got it like a few days ago. I oh got a hard gosh. copy of my book in the mail. And and I was like, yeah. and I said, yep, I got a hard copy. I, I got the book in the mail. And somebody said, so are you going to read it? I'm like, never, <laughs> ever again. <laughs> well, that, that, it almost seems like a funny question. Why would you read it again? You've read it six <laughs> times. <laughs> I'd read it and wow. I'd find a correction or something that wasn't right, or my editor would say something, and then I would send it back. But then I'd have to read it again, and you know, and it had parallel plot lines in it, so I was I had to make sure the parallel plot lines were working. Yeah, and and I'm just getting ready to finish the sequel to another book, and I have to go back and read the first book, and it's a fantasy fiction, to finish the second book. And then read the whole second book to pick up the plot line again. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> well, and, and these are books you wrote? Yeah. Oh, wow. what <laughs> are they exactly called? One is called X equals conspiracy. Okay. Uh, and one is called the paradox prophecies is the series. And the first book is called invitation. So cool. that's the fantasy fiction that X equals conspiracy is the science fiction. So, yeah, yeah, but I'm like, so I understand about why would I watch the tapes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people yeah. ask those because I think they think those are intelligent questions. You know, yeah, I, I do the national anthem for I've done it for a lot of years. People call me to do it for events or you know, teams and whatever. And it never fails. I have never, ever, ever had a performance where right before I'm going up and, you know, I take myself off to the side, which if I see somebody alone and there's groups everywhere, I would never approach that person. I would assume they're concentrating or it never fails. One person walks up to me and they ask one of three questions. One, oh my God, aren't you nervous? Two, what if you forget the words? And three, oh, I couldn't be you because I don't think I could do it. Why are you over here? Yeah. Like, that's always my response. I'm trying to, you know, center myself. You see I'm getting ready to go up to the stage. Yeah. And those are the questions that you think you should walk over it and ask someone who's getting ready to do the national anthem, like, what if you forget the words? That's brilliant, so, isn't it? So, yeah. Johnny, so how do you how do you handle heckling, Johnny, during the show? Well, I mean, I, I, it doesn't, I don't, my act doesn't really lend itself to, it doesn't really pull it out of people, but I mean, obviously they've had it and it's, I mean, people, if you give them enough rope, they'll hang themselves, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to let them talk, ask them simple, easy questions and they will eventually say something stupid. And all you have to do <laughs> is repeat what they said and then everyone laughs at them and they feel dumb, you know? <laughs> It's very, I mean, it's, it's about confidence. That's the thing. When you're newer, people heckle you, you get shaken because there's all this pressure. But, you've, you know, after you've been doing it forever, you're just like, okay, wait, what are you saying? You know, and you just give them, you just let them rattle until they make an idiot of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I think, and, I, go ahead. Ray. No, go ahead, Dr. Kevin. No, I was going to say, I just, I, I, I I am am remembering my all-time ever favorite heckling story, but I think I've shared it with you guys before. The Ethel Merman one. Yeah. Somebody was heckling Ethel Merman on Broadway on a matinee, and she literally stopped the mid middle of the song, 
got off the stage, went out, grabbed the guy, ran him up the aisle, and threw him out the side of the front door. Oh, wow. I went back, got back on stage, and started singing again. Good. My all-time favorite heckling story. Well, you know, and people, oh, I don't if. If you want to be an entertainer, then go be an entertainer. But don't be disrespectful to those of us that get up there to entertain. Because, I mean, even as a vocalist, nothing pisses me off more than you have a full house and there's a person sitting in the front like this. Oh, yeah. I go after them hook, line, and sinker. And some and the band used to say well, they're going to have to carry a gun because of the stuff I would say to people. We had to what do you mean to go after them? What do you do? Oh, because you know, you're not going to sit there like this in the front. Why are you even here, right? Yeah. So they have this guy and his wife, and it's usually the woman who's really like pissy. And so we're performing, <laughs> and the band's amazing, right? And so after like the fourth song, I said, I said, hey, I said, um, sir, is that your wife? And he's like, it's my girlfriend. I said, oh, I said, she doesn't look like she's having a good time. And so he just kind of looked at her and she just kind of like glared at me, you know, with the eye rolling. I said, so are you not having a good time? I said, is it me? Do you not think that I'm talented? Because I can come sit there with him and then you can come up here (laughs) and entertain us. And the band has that like, oh, here we go. Right. So everybody laughed. She didn't laugh. Got back, did a couple other songs and I went down again. I said, wow. I said, you really aren't. I said, why would you sit in the front if you weren't going to enjoy the show? I said, it can't be me. I said, you can't think that I have a thing for him because if I had a thing for him, you couldn't stop me because I'm the star of the show. I mean, I just kept going. And eventually she got up and she left and he stayed. But (laughs) I get those people and I don't understand. Uh, I've never been to a show and I've never done that to anybody. Even if I thought the show was horrible, Mm-hmm. I've never done that to anybody. It's so disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's funny. I was just talking about this with uh, my buddy uh, on our podcast about how, because people got kicked out of the show in Milwaukee. And, like, people get kicked out, especially comedy clubs. It happens so often. You know, I mean, not every show, but, I mean, just in general, mm-hmm. people are always, people are getting kicked out of comedy clubs. And, like, if you really think about it, and I put myself in their shoes, I'm like, I would be mortified <laughs> to be removed from a place as an adult for just being unruly. And, you know, how do you even explain that? I mean, it's just it's embarrassing. It's, 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 it's lunacy. There is an assumption there that I'm going to call you on. Yes. I, I mean, yes. People are like, oh, I thought that's how it works. It's a comedy club. And no, thinking, no, no, okay, no. Okay. I'm calling you on an assumption because the body is old that the person that is running it is an adult. Don't ever make that <laughs> mistake. That's true. You have good some... call. <laughs> good call. You for sure. get, you know, and you get people, and I, I'm wondering, you know. But, you know, you get people and during the pandemic, when they were still doing some kind of limited interactions, so many people were looking for places to take their frustration out. And people that are performing are, you know, a target. They're, they're a target. It's a, it's a way to lower their frustration. They're low, you know, and yeah. I've, I've spoken at some stuff and I've had people and I'll be like, Oh, honey, I'm sorry you're having such a bad day. I don't want to share it with you, baby, but I'm really I'm sad you're having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, sometimes I, there's just I, nothing you can do. You just got to wait it out or whatever. Yeah, kind of like um, Elmer in that Harlequin shoot. Grab them by the arm. <laughs> and run him out the door. This yeah. is like Elmer laying there in that Harlequin novel shoot that he's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect. It's, it's, um, cal- it's calming to me. It's making me relaxed. I'm in a I'm in a bedroom, you know, and and I am. It, tired, we can see so that part. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's got more brass than that bed is me. <laughs> Uh, Johnny, this is where you come in. <laughs> I just want to see where this goes. <laughs> I don't. That's why I want you to come in. <laughs> uh, you can talk about running again. Switching 
now, now, no change of the subject. Um, that's all right. You can catch 20 winks. Nobody will notice, Elmer. Uh, we just it's need okay. you to wake up to end the show. Yeah, I'll just, we'll, yeah, we'll just all, put a timer. We'll, 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 we'll just put a timer. <laughs> So, so, have you ever, have you ever had anybody fall asleep, Johnny, while you were on the stage? Oh yeah, and I yes, I have, and I will point <laughs> it out because it's you know if it's like the late show on a Friday night, they've been up since seven or six thirty at work, and they got you know they go to a comedy show, they're drunk, and they pass out. I mean, I don't take it personally because you know whatever, I'm not. That's you know, there's most of the room awake and laughing, and generally that doesn't happen. So when it does happen, I just think it's entertaining. And if I can do it subtly without waking them up, I will point it out because it is hilarious. Because people love to see, oh, that person fell asleep in public at a live performance. You know. So that's always it's not it's not something you want to have happen at your shows, but when it does. <laughs> You got to make lemons out of lemonade or lemonade out of lemons, I guess. Lemons out of lemonade. That person sleeping is the only one drunk. <laughs> so, right. Johnny, I have a question. This isn't actually my question. This is a question from a 17-year-old on Instagram. I don't know this person, but they want to be a comedian and they want to know what are the top three things that, well, it's a he. He wants to know what are the top three best pieces of advice you can give him. He said his act is clean. He thinks you're funny, but he doesn't know. I like know him what already. I like him yeah, already. I thought <laughs> you he would. Was, he, he's, his act is clean. And he, what did you, was the last thing you said? He, he wanted to know what are the top three pieces of advice um, that a super comic like yourself you're a super comic. You didn't know that, right? Tell him, Alvin, the super comic like yourself would give to um, someone like him who's just starting out. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's very cliche, but it's so true. I mean, just write, write your brains off because when you're starting out, it's, it's the best time because you're, you write anything you have, you have nothing to fall back on. Once you've been doing it a while, it's easy to get lazy because you have an act and you have to force yourself to write. But when you're starting out, just try everything. Just write. That's that's the main thing is just write, write, write. Get on stage and perform as much as you possibly can. Like the important thing is, is to not, I don't know, I don't know how to word it, but like not worry about the end game, like the, the goal. Just, just do what you, you know, if you want to be a comedian, just be a comedian. Don't be like, well, how do I get on? what do I have to do to get on this show? Or how do I become, mm -hmm. you know, how do I get to do full-time comedy? Like just do comedy as much as you can and the pieces will fall into place because there is no way to plan how to have a career, you know, in stand-up comedy. No two comics have the same path. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. not, you don't apply anywhere. There's no job interview. You just do it and you do it more. You write a lot. And people will notice that and you perform as much as you can any you know even when you're even gigs you're losing money like the stage just do it as much as you can you will automatically make connections that'll lead to more work and it just it's unavoidable if you if you love it you'll do it and it'll just spread and you'll get more venue and then before you know it you'll be doing just comedy you know and then and then you set your so sight on specific goals have you ever done a joke that you tested out? You thought it was well, you know, maybe on your, I believe if you have a daughter, you know, and she laughed and stuff. And she's like, I'm going to use this in a show. And then you deliver it in the show and it just falls flat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I did. I did. It's so funny. Cause I did. Uh, I pulled out a bunch of old notebooks from like when I was not starting out, but like in my early days and uh, me and me and on our podcast, we started, he's, we would just, tell old jokes that we did to just see how you know bad they were or funny and there was a lot of jokes that i think are really funny that i stopped doing and then he laughed at him he's like that's really funny you should do that again and so i tried doing it i would do the joke <laughs> again and i'm like well there's a reason this isn't an old joke <laughs> 
I mean, one of the jokes was, uh, what was it? It's so corny. I mean, I do think it's funny, but it's like, I talk about like, um, I broke up with my, I broke up with this girl, uh, we were dating and she was, uh, she was cross-eyed and, uh, you know, that's fine. But I just, I just, I always felt like she was seeing someone else. And that's, <laughs> And it gets a groan, you know, it gets, a, it gets what Dr. Kevin just did. That's what I get. Yeah, like, corny, oh, okay. funny. The laffy taffy jokes, okay. Not laffy taffy. Well, they, would, yeah, they wouldn't have a cross joke, but yeah, yeah. It's a groaner. It's a groaner. Where, where, yeah. where, where's the gong? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, would oh, get, I would get groans and I'd be like, I can't tell if that's because it's a bad joke. Or because it's mean. And then I would tell a mean <laughs> joke and they would laugh really hard. And I'd be like, oh, okay. It was a bad, that was, was a bad joke. Because we do like mean jokes. Okay, one last question from Alvin. First of all, he said thank you. He appreciates that. He says, but how do you keep from being bored with your act? Uh, <laughs> when I was starting out, I mean, I didn't have anything to be bored with. Like, I would just, I would do... I would change my act all the time. I mean, I I don't I don't know how I could be bored if I tried. I mean, you just you just keep writing and mixing it up. I mean, that's one of the that's that's one of the things. Like, I worked with comics. I've worked with comics, you know, on the road. Like when I was coming up, and sometimes you work with comics where it's like they've been doing the same act for twenty years, right? Where they get their act done, and then they're just done. They're not a writer anymore. They just do their act. And that, I, I mean, I can't, that would be so boring for me if I did that. Like, I couldn't do that if I tried. I have to be mixing stuff in, you know, because if I did that, yeah, the, inter, the, the crowd might get a good show if they like the act, but I would be, you know, that would be like an episode of The Twilight Zone where it's like, hell, like, you're not doing the same thing over and over. So I'm, I'm personally trying Groundhog. to Groundhog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I've got a question based on Alvin's question, because I was going to ask you, actually, if you um, ever watched uh, comedians uh, in cars getting coffee. Sure. Yeah. Very fun thing. So and I thought of that because I wanted to say, you know, not necessarily study root the routines, but I think that listening to any interviews or any opportunities to hear as many different comics talk about comedy mm -hmm. is also a great thing you should do early on. You should oh, yeah. kind of like study the craft at the feet of the masters, but not like their comedy album. Like don't go get a George Carlin comedy album and think that that's going to really tell you about George Carlin, like understand the thing. And one of the things that I liked, because I watched all of the comedians in cars getting coffee, I don't know what you thought about it. Some of them fell flat. There was a yeah. couple of times that the comedians weren't funny if they weren't on stage and Jerry yeah. was lost. Yeah. It was always fun to see. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah even, even if it's not funny, it is interesting. It's always interesting. You know? Yeah. But just some of the, you know, seeing the whole Carl uh, Reiner and Mel Brooks that they mm -hmm. were having dinner and he was there. I mean, like there's a rich history. And sometimes if you're really young, you, you don't always like take into history. And that would be the one of, one of the things I would throw out. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. I love like any, like stuff like that. And, uh, and there's another, like, I love just listening to comics talk about comedy. It's, it's just so, I just get excited. There's a there's a thing called uh, I think it's called Talking Funny, and it's uh, it was a HBO one thing they just filmed. It's it's Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Ricky Gervais, and Louis C.K. just had, sitting in a room talking about stand up for an hour in chairs, and it's and it's on YouTube. I think you can watch it on YouTube, but it's so just just juicy and f interesting and exciting, and it's cool. There's that, and then there's you know, Seinfeld's, uh, his documentary comedian. I've seen that, you know, tons of times. I've watched it. I've watched it listening to the commentary multiple times just because I just, all that stuff is so interesting. I just love hearing comics talk about comedy. Wow. Yeah. So that's the one I'd throw in for you, Alvin. 
Yeah, yeah he says he says thank thank you, Doctor K. <laughs> hey, it's hey. my pleasure. Super hey. comic Doctor K and the Harlequin romance uh, <laughs> cover shoot cover so, model. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> now, come on, I I've got to ask the question: If you saw that on a Harlequin romance, would you pick up the book? <laughs> Uh, who are you asking, Johnny? Yeah, who are you asking? <laughs> Either one of you. <laughs> I would, because I would definitely want to see. I'm like, this has got to be low budget porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> low budget curiosity factor. Yeah, I'm definitely curious. I would be like, I want to see what that guy is trying to sell me. <laughs> <laughs> Modeling while wearing his headphones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? There's a market out there for that. You know. There's a market out a there foot for model. She's a foot fetish model, and the market is incredible for that. Yeah. There's a market, but she has her toenails. Yeah. So. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just just right. I get right sign up for that. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably somebody out there who was like, "Oh, I'd like to see a runner's foot," and they pay great <laughs> money. I mean, she has like Venmo and stuff. She talks about the rates. I mean, you can't you can't make that up. Yeah. Um, do you ever, Johnny, drink before you go on stage? No, I, I usually don't drink uh, beforehand. Sometimes I, I mean, I don't usually drink afterwards. Sometimes I will. Like this weekend I did because I was, you know, it's local, close to home, home club. So I like to hang out and relax and have fun. But like on the road, I, I don't know. I, I don't do it too much. But I usually don't do anything before the show just because... I don't, I have, I, I have done it before where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be, this will make me loose. It'll make me more loose and, and have fun. And then I find, no, it just kind of makes me stutter and forget what, so I don't really know. I mean, and I'm not saying drunk. I'm saying just like, it doesn't make me looser. It just makes me less, you know, more clumsy. So I'd rather, I'd rather be sharp. Yeah. 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 Let's sharp. Yeah, unless you're doing your impersonation of Foster Brooks. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, then yeah, then I would yeah. uh, put down quite a few. <laughs> uh, it's never a dull moment in this show, I can tell you that. Uh, How are we doing on time, guys? We got, we got two minutes and 30 seconds left. Dr. So, Kevin, go for it. What? <laughs> so what do you... So your podcast is you and another comedian. It's me. It's called The Cavalry. It's me and uh, Andrew Slater, who is a great comedian. He's out of Portland. He, uh, he just did uh, James Corden, the Late Late Show, James Corden. Mm-hmm. And the next day, the show got, you know, it came out that James Corden had COVID. They found out they he tested positive for COVID the next day. So he got in just under the wire. But anyways, but our podcast, it's called The Cavalry because it's basically, we try to bring topics to the table that unpopular opinions that, that we need backup on. You know, uh, like something like one of mine was like, I think trampolines are more fun than swimming pools. And then it's the other, and then we try to back each other up. Hence calling in the cavalry. I'm calling in the cavalry for backup. So we just, that's kind of the gimmick in the structure of the show. We chat, we get caught up, but that's, uh, that's why it's called the cavalry, but it's fun. It's something to do. It's, you know, keeps our minds sharp. Keeps uh, me. Trampolines might be better than swimming pools, but they're not better than hot tubs. As far as fun. Now uh, on a hot day. Yes. A swimming pool (laughs) is nicer to relax in a hot tub is great to relax, but I'm talking like fun. Oh kids. yeah, you're gonna have more fun. Have yeah, more you're gonna fun have more fun on a trampoline. trampoline. That is true. You've never been in a hot tub with me, Joe. <laughs> and you've I never been like in a hot tub with trampoline. Wait a second. What did you say, Johnny? I said I feel like if I had, I would remember. So, yeah, <laughs> right. It was that night you drank before you went on stage. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, how many minutes do we have left? <laughs> a lot of fun happened in a hot tub. Oh goodness! Especially you put a trampoline in there. <laughs> so we we have less than thirty seconds. So uh, our next show uh, is our Valentine show, and we have Roger Q. Mason coming back on. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be in uh, 
the 13th, I think, of February. 13th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, remember, everybody can join us for that. And um, thank you, Johnny, for joining us. Oh, thank yeah, thanks, you guys, for having me on again. I'm I, glad to be back. And I am going to play us out thanks for watching or listening to the laughing loving into live show if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show please share it with others post about it on social media or support us with buy me a coffee to catch all of the latest from laughing loving and alive you can follow us on instagram at laughing loving and alive and on facebook at laughing loving and alive thanks again and see you next time.